that's what you're looking for, right? I mean, yeah, you'd love to be exactly. great right out of the shoot, but you'd like to keep improving as you go. And really, Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley did a lot of that. They did a lot of improving yes. as they went. And championship November was a real thing for Oklahoma. But uh, obviously last season it wasn't. And so now with this team, this group, that's been a common thread for Brent Venables. He's talked about that. He talked about it at, uh, at the uh, coaches' luncheon right in front of everybody. That was mm-hmm. the question that he was posed was, how are you going to be able to define success this season? And he sat and pondered on it for a moment and then said, you know, you know, really for us, we, we want to get better as the season goes along. And that's cliche and it's, you know, common and probably a lot of coaches would feel that way. But he wasn't really committed to saying, as he probably shouldn't be, hey, we want to go 11-1 and one and win the Big 12 championship, right? Or 12-1 right. and one and win the Big 12 championship. It was we want to have genuine improvement as the year went along, as this season goes along. And that's something that, again, like we've discussed right here, that didn't happen for whatever reason for OU last season. And that was, that was different for OU. It typically has. Um, more energy, energy, energy. We bring more energy, energy. And I, I know that for some, you're like, well, yeah, obvious you need energy. But listen to Coach talk about the energy he's seen and his expectation from that. If you're going to be great at something, man, you've got to have passion and love for what you're doing. And you got to you got to love all of it, you know, in the tough moments and the mundaneness uh, of, of a football season, of practice, you know, the preparation. you got to embrace the suck and fall in love with the grind and, and uh, and again, let the the process itself, you know, they say you either let it shine you up or grind you up. So you know, I'm just a believer in mindset and attitude, and we tried to work very diligently and um, intentionally in regards to reestablishing the standards of Oklahoma football to really define and enhance and create awareness for what OUDNA really stands for, and um, and. Our, our petri dish or the the place that has got to be our sanctuary that develops this program program foundationally is that practice field and as i just got to saying you know taking the physicality aspect to a whole new level you want to win be a championship uh, program year in and year out and you've got to be a physical football team yeah you got to be smart you got to be disciplined you got to be committed um but foundationally you know, just reestablishing uh, all of our standards, our mindset. You know, it's got to be, you know, just an overall awareness in regards to, you know, uh, the body, you know, the weight room, nutrition, recovery, you know, what you do in the classroom, just how you carry yourself when you walk into that football facility, man. You got to flip a switch. And everything matters, as I've been saying for the last eight and a half, almost nine months now. Um, every single bit of what we do, what we ask of our guys matters. And so, you know, we try to have a holistic approach, um, very thorough. You know, the journey is very real for these young guys. They've got a lot of, of demands and things that are beyond the football field. And our job is to win games. I'm supposed to build a brand as a, as a football coach and fill the stadium up. I get that. Um, but developing our young young people is is a critical part of what we do and uh in every part of their life but uh it all starts with mindset and attitude and then foundationally man we got to have a a foundation of belief 
and, and having an edge to us and, and how we compete, how we work, how we respond. All those things matter. And, and so as coaches, we're trying to teach our guys and reteach and, again, reestablish all of those things from a, from a mindset perspective. And I feel like we've made tremendous progress in that. And the season itself has to happen organically for us to – there are going to be a 1,000 teaching moments uh, during the course of the season. And, you know, the best teams that we all have been a part of grow and mature through that. And so that'll be a, a real focus for us, um, you know, again, which is just a, a daily focus of improvement. And, um, and so couldn't be more excited. Our guys have bought into uh, what we've asked them to do from a daily standpoint, the commitment uh, and what that looks like. And uh, we've made tremendous growth and improvement in a lot of programmatic areas of our, of our program and, and, uh, but that first year is the first year. you got to go through it, and it's never going to be good enough. Um, but our players' attitude and mindset and buy-in have been. So that's making it a lot of fun, I'll be very honest. This is a program, what's an interesting dynamic, uh, Danny and uh, Dusty, which you guys understand, is this is a program that's, you know, has finished in the top ten seven straight years. You know, has won 78 games the last seven years. It's has played in four uh, playoffs in the last seven years. And so they're, they expect to win. They're used to winning. And so you got the new coach that comes in. You would anticipate there potentially to be a lot of, um, as we've changed a number of things, some things remain the same certainly, but there's been a lot of uh, both small and you know big changes in, in how we do what we do. And so you would anticipate a lot of pushback, like, "Hey, coach, man, we've we've been pretty dang good around here." And there's that there's a, that's a very delicate thing. But man, our guys have responded. They've welcomed, uh, you know, some of the changes that we've made. Um, whether it's practicing in the afternoon as opposed to the morning, that's a pretty big change. You know, that affects your whole lifestyle. And uh, or. Again, some of the standards that we've done, how we've done things in the weight room, strength and conditioning. Uh, we change, you know, requirements in regards to nutrition and so forth and so on. So uh, the attitude of the guys have made it really exciting for all of us coaches. I think that's a pretty cool admission there from BV. Uh, and, you know, it's, I, I, again, sometimes people are like, well, wow, I want to know what players are looking good. I want to know who's having a good camp. Josh, I don't know about you. I found that pretty fascinating in that, hey, listen, it, seven straight 10-win seasons. You know, this isn't a uh, – was 78 last eight years, whatever it is, you know, 70 wins over the last 10 years, 70-plus. You suddenly come in like we're doing everything different. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. We've been pretty good, right? We're going to come in and we're changing everything. It's like, we're winning. Why do you got to change everything? And – to hear Brent Venables talk about that challenge and, you know, seeing people buy in. I don't know about you, Josh. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, you can't really walk in to a team that won 10 games and tell everybody they stink, right? I mean, right. look, the the program is not just in this tattered and broken place. The emotions were high when Lincoln Riley chose to leave and – 
put some things in peril potentially, but obviously uh, everything was was kept together in large part because of the coaching staff. And yes, there has been a good foundation of mm-hmm. winning around here. It's just about Brent Venables, his championship experience and recent championship experience. Obviously, he's got the the championship experience at Oklahoma dating back to 2000 and played for other national championships. Uh, with Oklahoma or coached in those national championships along the way before going to Clemson. But the recent championship experience at Clemson, I think is so valuable. And that's kind of what you're trying to add here is, okay, you've been this program that's been to the college football playoff. That's one right. double figure games, but what's the missing link, right? And uh, mm-hmm. just getting all of that together to push this thing over the top. Man, it's, if you think about it, I wonder Okay, it, it's a conversation for another day, but I wonder if it was someone that we didn't love on, other than VV that was coming in and, and kind of tore things up, what the reaction would be, right? If it was uh, – and by the way, when I say tore things up, it's with that, you know, ode and that tip of the cap to the foundation. It's pretty wild to see, man, and to see the buy-in is great. Okay, uh, you guys are blowing up the text message line on this, 405-651-3439. We'll get to it coming up in just a bit. We're at Cavens on a Wednesday. Gary Cavens joins us next right here on The Ref. All right, we'll go back into the playing show. We were all busy gossiping during the break. That's what dudes do, right? Uh, Gary Cavins <laughs> joins us from Cavins Construction. Man, you have been busy, man. You've been busy. Yeah, it's been busy. I love it when it's busy, though. Um, it's my favorite time. This is cool. Uh, if you go to CavinsConstruction.com, one of the things that you see right away are the testimonials, and you see known names in the uh, Norman and OKC community, Jason Olson, over from Parks and Racks, Tony Walden, uh, Reverend Joshua Coates, all these people that are instrumental within the uh, Norman and OKC community, Gary Belcher, and I'm going to leave out Gary from Arvest Bank. Uh, and boom, they're all right in here. Look at you. Yeah. Added added what you see on the website to the walls in here. Gives yeah. a fresh look. We got Chris Shepard with Hertz Donuts over there, and then we've got uh, – Okay. We should have Devin somewhere. I want to tell you something. What you guys did at Hertz Donuts is – chef's kiss it's a beautiful thing that like you know that that wasn't all us chris uh chris i know i know you've said it many times you're giving chris his shine but uh you guys did awesome yeah we we just helped him out he took the lead on that whole thing and we just kind of filled in the holes for him and speaking of sweets on campus corner the ice cream place well i say ice cream frozen fro-yo whatever it is now oh yeah i mean um pinkberry pinkberry everything is ice cream to me i'm sorry i'm old-fashioned i guess but uh, not only does it look great, but what a spot, man. That place is always hopping. It is. It's doing great. Devin's really excited. He's got his one-year anniversary coming up, so he's really excited about that. And we just finished a project on Campus Corner called Boyd Street Ventures. Um, and uh, so they should be uh, opening up here before too long. Um, we got them occupancy last week, so they're ready to roll. And, you know, it's just the Campus Corner's always got something popping over there for sure. We, we love it. We found a... Found a little hidden gem uh, under a parking lot this last week uh, over on Campus Corner. And uh, so we're rebuilding that parking lot area where we found that hidden basement at. And uh, we're just kind of moving along. And then uh, we've got a huge, we'll leave the building nameless, but we got a huge mold and water intrusion job going on uh, here in Norman, a gigantic one. And, um, you know, our maintenance guys are staying busy. Our, ta- our Tulsa team is incredibly busy up there. Mm. Uh, just knocking stuff out left and right, um, so we're just just moving right along, taking care of people. All right, so we're we're hoping hoping to see a bit of a shift in in the weather, right? It's it's cooled off some, 
But as we start to transition from summer to fall, Gary, for homeowners like three of us, you mean Perry sitting in here, uh, mold where maybe you've had some areas that have gotten wet and they haven't known about or you might have a leak. I mean, what are some – obviously always thinking about the roof, but what are some issues we need to be keeping an eye on as we head into the fall? So as we head into fall and winter, it's really a good idea to have your roof inspected, check it out. You never know what's going on. You have The trees grow, grow during the summer. They can rub against your roof and cause issues, uh, you know, shingles to fall off or to be destroyed and cause points where water can get into the house. Um, So it's really a good idea just to have your roofs inspected going into winter. If you have a roof that hasn't been looked at or hasn't been dealt with since uh, the hailstorm two years ago, almost a year and a half ago, it's time to have it dealt with. Give us a call. Chris can come out, look at it walk through the process with you, work with your insurance company, and help you get that roof uh, resolved. Because the longer you wait, the more chances you have for damage on the interior of your house, too. Because once that fiberglass backing on those shingles is broken, they just continue to deteriorate and deteriorate, and then eventually the water starts getting into your home. Mm. Which is, you're talking about damage that could be, very, very expensive, and, right. and and the value of your home could be affected. So you got to make sure you keep an eye on that. All right, two, two more quick ones, and I'll let you get out of here. You know, we, we're we starting to see now this continue. It's been slow sometimes, but there's growth to get back to um, on, on – not on campus, excuse me, but in person, people wanting to have offices now. And maybe there's someone who started a home business that's blown up. You can help them with their vision and what they might want if they want to build a place or if they've bought a – uh, a, a, an office building somewhere, or at least an office area, you can help them when it comes to cleaning that out and kind of realizing their vision, right? We can. We can help with a tenant finish out, um, or we can help with a you know a small. We can help with a commercial remodel or anything like that that you might have. Just give us a call. Commercial maintenance is our specialty, um, and and our environmental team. Uh, environmental, you know, is mold, water intrusion. Uh, sewage backup back into the business, anything that causes damage from uh, water uh, into the building, give us a call. We can help you with that. Fire, um, you know, and, and speaking about that, let's talk about that first. Go ahead, yeah. Environmental, you know, we, we do fire, we do trauma, which is crime scene, blood cleanup. We do um, uh, mold, um, water extraction, all those things. But, you know, also... You know, it's always a good, if you have a massive loss, call us. But you know somebody else that's really good to call? Call Brown O'Haver. They are an outstanding Mm. group. They do an outstanding job. And uh, they can help you maximize your claim with the insurance company. Because at the end of the day, the insurance company looks out for themselves. The insurance company has these programs where they've hired these contractors and they beat them down on price and they do half halfway work instead of doing it right. So it's always good not to have the what the insurance company recommends contractors come out because they are beating their prices down and they're going to half halfway do the work improperly. So you want to have somebody like Brown O'Haver come in, take care of you on the back end, and then hire a contractor that you want, um, whether it's Cavens or it's a different contractor. But we hope it's Cavens. Make us your first call. Make Brown O'Haver the next call and make the insurance company the next call. And, you know, we're, that's what we're here to help and, and get you through roofing issues, water, uh, floods, uh, intrusion. You know, it's HVAC overflows and drains to the ceiling or, 
you know, you have a sewage line backup that backs in the house needs to be cleaned up or a water heater line busts and floods the house um, or it's winter and a plumbing line breaks and floods the house. These are things we can help with. Um, and then if you don't get them taken care of right away, you have the mold issues, and then we can come in and help with mold testing, mold remediation, and all those processes. Community works big for you too, right? Just being immersed yourself here in the Norman OKC community, and then as you expand beyond, it's Olson Dallas, right? That's right. We're always giving back to the community uh, every way we can. We give thousands and thousands of dollars back to the community every week. Um, we really do, and that's something that we, uh, whether it's a uh, helping out you know the local high schools it's helping out um, local businesses local nonprofits, uh, sponsoring kids that can't necessarily afford to play soccer or afford to uh, do some of the sports that they are really good at and they want to do um, you know we we do a lot of stuff like that and we have a lot of partners that work with us and they come to us and they talk about talk to us about you know, where we can help uh, the community and stuff like that. Perry's one of those partners. That's right. He does. Keeps you busy, too. He does. He does. Look at him. He's This ready. is the first time I've seen him in, like, three months. I mean, he's busy. He's all over I the know. place. He's cutting deals all over Norman, OKC, Tulsa. You name it, he's got it. I know. Every time he I was, talk to him, I like Perry's such a big deal. He was speaking at a convention in Indianapolis a couple I know. weeks ago. I was on the phone with him. I was like, hey, what you up to? We, we should meet up. I haven't seen you in forever. He's like, I'm in Indianapolis. I'm like, <laughs> see, this is why we never see each other anymore. Uh, so it's like, we should take a picture of him here. I was there, too. I was there, I was there too, at the same time, but my, my event wasn't near as cool as his. Uh, no, Gary, I don't know about that. <laughs> Gary, thanks, buddy. Appreciate your time Thank as you, always. Chris. And thanks for being flexible this week. No uh, problem at all. It's Gary Cavins here at Cavins Construction on a Wednesday. Bottom of the hour is all about your text messages. A little bit more from Brent's ESPNU interview. Just heard from Gabe Eichert, by the way. Gabe asked if he could push back to 1140. So that'll work for us. We'll talk with the uh, All-American Center from the Sooners and star of the Oklahoma Breakdown coming up next hour right here on The Ref. Hour number two of the Plank Show rolls on. Josh Elmer alongside, well, you guessed it, Chris Plank. Hour number two, it's brought to us by our friends over at Allison Insurance. Give them a buzz, 405-745-2968. They can get you set up with your health insurance, life insurance, Medicare, supplements, HSAs, and more. Bob and Robert Allison, they can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. That's allisoninsurance.com, 405 745 2968 air comfort solutions text line hearing from you all morning long as we love to do every day 405-651-3439 i thought this was pretty good plank it feels like i'm preaching to the choir Mm -hmm. however the talent and winning culture it's there now with a re-energized and positive shift in attitude you just feel like this team's going to be special yeah, you do, and I love, man. I don't know, Josh, if I had, and, and maybe I have, and I've just completely forgot about it. I don't know if I've really heard Brent, Coach Venables, talk about when they took over the way that he did in that clip from Dusty and Danny's show over on ESPNU Radio. And, you know, it's he used the term delicate, and I thought that was – a really, really interesting way to describe because it's not just the players, right? It's not just the players. It's delicate in that you're going to administrators, some who have been here for a really long time and have done things 
a certain way, and it's worked. It's worked, right? You want championship, there's trophies, there's rings, there's Heisman trophies. But you're saying, um, what's one of Brent's phrase? It ain't good enough, right? But you just can't go and they go, yeah, well, we're not doing it like that. There's a delicacy to it. And, you know, you've got – I'll tell you what. you got a guy in that turnip seat, and you've got a dude in Woody Glass – who are just two absolute rock stars. And you're going to hear me talk about them incessantly on this program, incessantly, because they're so key in helping to navigate through that world of, hey, we know, we know what we understand, but there's some dust on that 2000 National Championship trophy. And if we, we want to get it to the point where that's not something that we have to go call – uh, call our crew and say, hey, can we dust off that 2000 trophy to where it's fresh and it's new and every year it's something different. And it's delicate, not just with the players, but with the staff and with the administration. I thought that was, I'd never heard him talk about it like that, Josh. And to hear that everyone's been receptive to it, yeah, from that text from the 731, I'm pretty fired up if I'm a Sooner fan right now. It's how it should be. It's how it should be. Yep. And these guys, these players around here, they ought to understand – Look, if you want to reach that level of excellence, it's pretty obvious you're not there right yet or you haven't been there right yet. No. So listening to somebody and his staff that he's put together and assembled that has been there, has reached that ultimate prize, and again, I keep coming back to this, I'll say it a lot, has done so recently. It's not, hey, once upon a time right. we won this national championship. And look, they – Nobody can ever take a national championship from you, but there's a difference between winning in 2000 and winning a couple of years ago with uh, obviously several of the players, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and company, that Clemson captured a title with. Uh, a couple of other conference solutions. Text here at 405-651-3439. Brian in Tulsa writes, the way he answers questions is really refreshing than what we've been used to for the past five years. I I, I just think that's Brent's personality, and there's a little bit more straightforward. I thought Lincoln was always a, a, f- a fine, fun interview. I just, I also, I always felt like there was this big guard that was up, and you know, maybe part of that was, you know, he hadn't gone to Oklahoma, or maybe part of that was he hadn't been here for very long, or maybe part of that was he didn't have great relationships with the lump. I, I don't know, but it's just there was always – it was kind of guarded. You feel like with, with with Brent it's more open. And that's not a knock. I mean, 99.9% of coaches are like that. Uh, Brent Venables comes back to Oklahoma, and immediately his staff is littered with his former players. And you look around the, the landscape of, of, of this market, and there's a lot of Brent Venables coached guys who are in important positions. It's, it's pretty cool to see. So I think there is a little bit more of that trust fast factor, and that makes it uh, significantly more refreshing. Well, Kendall, if Oklahoma doesn't beat UTEP – oh, go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. Don't you think Lincoln Riley went a little bit to school on the Bob Stoops press conference mindset? I mean, I Bob Stoops was really good with sure. the media, but there were pieces mm-hmm. that he was measured about. And I think Lincoln Riley kind of went to school and learned from from Bob Stoops in that respect. And 
probably Lincoln Riley was a little more open when he started and a little less open by the time that he uh-huh. finished at Oklahoma, which, oh, by the way, also, again, mirrors Bob Stoops. Um, a couple people have asked about this Florida football photo, and I Billy Napier has responded to it. There is a uh, the 2022 Florida Gators have their team photo. And have you have you seen this tweet yet? I'll send it to you in the in the direct message real quick if you haven't seen it. It has it's led to a lot of conversations about the number of people that are in said photo. Um, and so this morning, <laughs> this morning, Billy Napier actually <laughs> like look how many people are in that picture. Usually, a team photo you've got about. Uh, five to six different levels. Well, this is in the front row of the stadium, and they're they're basically eating up a whole section. Right. I mean, there might be more staff and... members than players. <laughs> <laughs> it really looks that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it, a big bad wolf. Did you all see that picture of how big Florida's staff room is? <laughs> so, Billy Napier uh, this morning, I guess – Maybe Sam uh, Ross Dellinger or someone asked him about it. He said, quote, we make a concerted effort to involve everyone in the team photo, including team managers, etc. I think that's gotten a little, a little inflated out there. Oh, so I know this the other day I was uh, I was working with Willie Cologne and he talked about how he was going to the South Carolina, Florida game. And I thought, oh, hey, I, I know a guy there. And he's like, well, I know the defensive line coach. I'm like, oh, well, I guess me telling you to say hi to Ty Darlington would kind of fall on deaf ears. But so then, Josh, I did happen to go look at the Florida Gators coaching staff and support staff. Ooh, boy. Um, it can be inflated if you want to say that about the picture. But I, I, I don't know if I've ever been to a team's page that has more staff members mentioned than FloridaGators.com does for football. It's it's incredible. You know, so I wonder. Yeah. It's obviously important for Oklahoma to have added these offensive and defensive analysts, and you, you want more help across the board, right? The more smart football right. minds you can have, the better. But I do like looking at this with Florida. At some point, don't you just have too many people involved? Yes. Um, I may, you know, one of these days I'm going to get Steve Hildebrand to come on with us. He is the athletic director at Hall and Hall, and he tells a great story about whenever he was, you know, one of the interns and was kind of in that quality control situation. I mean, I get it. Everyone wants tons of information, but you, you have. You have – here's what I don't get. You have a football performance dietitian and you have a director of sports nutrition. What? Um, you have more – like, is there people that just look at personnel and there's people that look at schemes? Uh, in fact, speaking of the, the staff, they have a football performance dietitian, a director of sports nutrition, and, and uh, they have another – Person is not. Where's all the other people that help you on game day? If you're going to put them all on there, Billy Napier. 
Senior Director of Recruiting Innovation to go along with a personnel. I mean, there's a lot of people. <laughs> it takes a village, as Josie likes to say. But it just, yeah, I'm with you, Josh. On that front, you're like, uh, is, there a, is there a point where you just maybe have one too many people? I mean, how much more can you gain out of having four guys? I don't, again, I think some, you lose. There might be a football diehard that's laughing at me. I think at some point you lose because of uh, having too many voices. I mean, it's distracting to have that many people walking around and working on this and doing that, and all of a sudden it's discombobulated. It's, wait, what, what are you doing again? Like, what's your job in this organization? There's hey, too much, way too and, much going on. And, and I'll say this, knowing someone that is a part of that, there's not a personal life for a lot of those people either, Josh. There's not a big life, so – you're looking at a lot of uh, men and women who are working together on a consistent basis that aren't getting a lot of time away from the office either. That's just wild. I don't even know. I, I, I lost count. I was trying to count while uh, while we were going back and forth on it. It's, it's wild. But Big Bad Wolf, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. All right, we honor a legend when we come back. The ref is live on the road today at Cave with Construction with the Plank Show. All right, it's a Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We're on the road. Um, I don't think my dying wish is ever going to come to a reality, Josh. I really don't. It's just not going to happen. No. Impossible. Um, Your dying wish is... Who cares? Forget about it. It's never going to My dying wish is that someone says something stupid about OU and no one responds and just lets it... Um, kind of reverberate through nothingness. It's just not going to happen. Stuart Mandel picks OU to go 7-5 and five or whatever it was. And um, I, I, I don't care what Stuart Mandel has to say about OU football. It's a little bit Honestly, of the, you know, personality. It's sort of ingrained to you if you're from the state of Oklahoma or Kansas that if somebody says something negative about you, you're going to respond and fight back because – yeah. Not not that you have little man syndrome, but because this isn't New York State or Los Angeles or California or whatever, you kind of feel like you constantly have to prove, like, well, hey, we're important yeah. over here. Yes. Yes. But I'm here to tell y'all, you're important. You matter. You're awesome. Stuart Mandel's opinion. I, I like to read Stuart every now and then. I mean, I don't think I've ever – listened to or heard anything from Stuart Mandel and have gone to my friends and said, my gosh, dude, this was some incredible stuff from Stu. Now, I'm sure there's some nerdy writers and journalistic dorks that would be like, yeah, there's this, this, and this. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't even listen to his podcast. But you all want to pile on this morning on a prediction, go for it. I've, I'm still burned from getting mad at Andre Ware for picking OU to beat BYU and then – or BYU to beat OU and then Sam got hurt on the first play of the game. <laughs> I'm still burned when anyone that I don't have any care for or respect for makes a bold statement. But pile on, y'all. Elbow drops, whatever it takes. Just know when I'm sick and I'm sitting there scrolling Twitter with my last dying breath, I hope that Colin Coward or, I don't know, Stuart Mandel says something stupid about OU and there's absolutely positively no comments on it. My dying wish. We just ignore it and let it go. And then they'll be like, well, I guess OU fans have nothing to say about it. Yeah, you're right. We don't. Bye. All right, quick break. Gay Bikert's coming up next hour. But when we come back, the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day, it's Plank Show. Wow, where did this show go?
Final hour of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. We've got a little bit more of Brent Venables to share in big story number one. At the bottom of this hour, Gabe Eichert is going to join us. In fact, we'll probably, Josh, stack a couple breaks here to make sure we get plenty of time for Gabe down the stretch. And we're on the road on a Wednesday. We're at Cavens Construction tomorrow. The Plank Show will be moving on to OU, where our show will be live from campus. In fact, um, let's see, Monday, Tuesday. So three of our next four shows will be live from campus. How cool is that? Uh, Starting tomorrow with soccer. Then on Monday and Tuesday, in anticipation of the Brett Venables, who? Brent Venables press conference um, on Tuesdays. And again, again, little different schedule. Is everything out there now? Can we talk about it, Josh? I think it's all out there, right? It's all out there, baby, I think. (laughs) So the Rudy's coaches shows have been moved to Monday night. Live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. The weekly Brent Venables press conference is on Tuesdays. At 11.15. So, uh, 11.15 for when the Coach Venables presser will start. Uh, And then on Mondays, I know I'm kind of bouncing around here a little bit. On Mondays, you'll also have coordinator interviews. So, Jeff Levy and Ted Roof will be with the media on Mondays. So, a little different. A little different. But uh, it's here, baby. It's here. Game week is upon us. What are we, Josh? Officially 10 days away? Officially 10? Deace days out. I like to look at it in show days. We are six shows away from Oklahoma opening their season. Wait, did I do that wrong? Thursday, seven shows away. See, I thought it was Friday. <laughs> well, that Thursday, Friday show doesn't really count. Cadence. I mean, our Friday shows don't count. We float through those anyways, like Kevin. All right, uh, did you see my new open that I put together? Uh, no. Oh, come on. I was up at 6 this morning knocking it out. Did you email I it to me? I sent it to you. Yes. Yeah. And a K-Rep. I, I, I'm terrible about checking my emails first thing in the morning. I'm sorry about All that. All right. It's, it's time for the Newcastle Casino, top five stories of the day. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers go to play. All right, let's go. Big story number five. Number five. Oh. For me, Lynn Dawson was the guy that I would watch on HBO that gave me all the highlights and then obviously became a well-known, universally beloved broadcaster. Uh, In reality, beyond just that, many of you know him as the guy in the picture smoking a cigarette and drinking a fresca at halftime. Yep. But he was a Hall of Fame quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, won their first Super Bowl, passed away at the age of 87. Josh, um, not only a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, was the man of the year, uh, three-time AFL champion, was the AFL MVP. Kind of the, obviously, a Mount Rushmore guy when it comes to Chiefs football, but kind of the first true rock star the Chiefs had, right? You know, what I said the other day when I found out Lynn Dawson was headed into hospice care he was Patrick Mahomes for the previous generation for my dad I mean the the way that my dad talks about Lynn Dawson 
is the way that I'm sure I'll talk about Patrick Mahomes to my kids and their kids in the future, right? It's I mean, Lynn Dawson was special in that era of Kansas City Chiefs football. And for me, he, he was one of the voices in my childhood alongside Mitch Holtis and for a lot of Kansas City fans out there, and really NFL fans. If you're one of those fans that will, will kind of skip around and, and probably is a little bit like Plank and myself where you enjoy taking in an NFL game by listening to the radio broadcast and you've listened to a Chiefs, Chiefs game or two on the radio over the years, then, then Lynn Dawson was one of those voices for you for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, just a legend. You know, these people that we immortalize in sports, we unfortunately get those sad reminders that in this life, uh, n- nobody's immortal. Yeah. R.I.P. Lynn Dawson. He was um, he was battling prostate cancer, which he was diagnosed with in 1991. So, R.I.P. to an absolute, not just Kansas City, but NFL legend in Lynn Dawson. Big story number four. Number four. The, the Tom Brady drama continues. Not a real easy way to kind of segue from talking about a legend like uh, Lynn Dawson passing to Tom Brady, but uh, TB12 missed camp for 11 days. There's a lot of controversy surrounding where he went, why he's been gone. Listen to Tampa columnist Rick Stroud talk about where Tom's been. It's not a vacation. Let's put it that way. Was it necessary for him to be with his family? I think so. Uh, did they have it planned before training camp? Yeah, they would have. Like I said, I, I think we'll find out a reason here, um, whether Brady announces it or, or it just gets out um, that, uh, that that is personal, and, and he'll talk about it when he's ready to. But but there is there is some there there. Hmm. What is that? I mean, again, like I said, I don't like to speculate about a guy's personal life. Tom Brady has opened his kind of personal life up to us recently more than he ever has, Josh, but it's kind of hard not to read into something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, it probably is is something in the in the relationship with Giselle Bunchen. I mean, you just feels like there is enough smoke there that there probably is fire to some degree. I hope that's not the case. You you know, I I don't know what to make of it outside of that. I mean, it feels like that's probably what's yeah. going on just because there's a lot of reports out there. So Unfortunate, but we'll keep an eye on it. Big story, number three. Number three. We stay in the National Football League with a couple of news and notes from around the league. By the way, um, eerily but probably refreshingly quiet out of Kansas City camp, right, Josh? Everyone seems like they're staying pretty healthy after the one day when, what, Michael Hardman got carted off and Chris Jones got hurt, but those aren't too long-lasting. Seems like it's been quiet out of KC. Which that's what everybody's hoping for this time of year is, okay, uh, you know, if you have an injury, it's not season-ending, it's, it's quick recovery. So, yeah, no news is, is just fine. Meanwhile, there was some news out of Giants camp, and that was Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be out for a couple of weeks. Here's what his head coach, Brian Dayball, had to say about it. Yeah, those are, those are, are tough blocks, the blocks that are coming from across the line of scrimmage uh, within the tackle box. Um, you, you got to see it, and then you got to do a great job of trying to play with your hands. So, you know, it's unfortunate that KT went down, but, you know, that's part of the game. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of some news and notes for camp, Aaron Rodgers on the Packers offense. Training camp is a long experience. There's plenty of time for conversations, for practice, for 
a lot of the things that we expect them to do in the regular season. Uh, I rely on the coaching staff to pass on the message as we're learning the offense. And then, you know, I'm kind of the, the 202 professor. You know, they got to get the kind of the base concepts. And when I come in, you know, we have the, you know, the offense outside of the paper offense. So, you know, similar schedule last year. We came in and hit the ground running. Obviously, some different players this year, but I feel like the offense, uh, especially in the last week or so, has been clicking closer to where I think we should be trending. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield was asked about playing the Browns in week one. Obviously, there's a lot of attachment there. Like I told you guys at Wofford, I'm not going to sit here and be a robot and say that it doesn't mean anything. It will, but right now all that matters is me and continuing to improve until this regular season starts. And Josh Allen on the Bills learning from their loss to Kansas City. And the emotions of that game, again, you know, ultimately we didn't do enough to get the job done, and the, the taste that we have as a team, it, it's still there. So we don't want to feel that again. And, again, we nothing we did last year is going to carry over to this year. We're starting 0-0, zero and zero, but we can still take a lot of valuable lessons and uh, knowledge from that game and try to apply it to our upcoming season here. All right, anything that kind of caught your ear from our quick little trip around a couple camps? I've, I've saved you all any more Derek Carr talk, okay? I'm just not going to do that. I'm, it's not as if there's been an offseason where there hasn't been a Derek Carr rumor in some way, shape, or form. This year there wasn't until Dana White decided to enter the chat. But anything kind of catch your ear from that? Good on Baker. Obviously, yeah, there's, yeah. there is something to opening up versus Cleveland. We know the situation there. Uh, there, there's going to be a little, a little bit extra to it, but ultimately, that's, you know, just that's just one piece of the 2022 puzzle for Carolina, and it's an important season for Baker, and it's an important season for Carolina and for Matt Rule. So to get totally hung up on that is not probably the right approach for Baker Mayfield, though he does, you know, historically seem like somebody that's kind of hardwired into playing into his emotions a little bit to get the most out of himself. So at least publicly, he's not playing that game, even though upstairs maybe he he is playing a little bit more of that mental game with uh, the Cleveland Browns and everything that's tied into that opener for him. And then for Josh Allen, man, I mean, yeah, okay, you don't take anything away from last season, but I think the one thing that you take away from last season in that trip to Arrowhead Stadium is, look, the, the Bills are at the point now to where – they can go play for and win a, a Super Bowl. They can go win a, a championship. Kansas City didn't get back to that Super Bowl stage. We know that Cincinnati obviously came in and spoiled the party for Kansas City, but that game versus the Chiefs should show Josh Allen and Buffalo, hey, the time is now. You're good enough to go win this thing and go win the AFC. Exactly. He did talk about uh, his favorite type of Buffalo wings. I found this interesting. He said he likes the hot wings. He gets 10 of the hot, and then he gets 10 of the lemon pepper to kind of cool it off. Hmm. Hmm. A little mix and match. I I like to have a smaller percentage of the hot uh, and then kind of go medium. Dude, I'm telling you what. I think my daughter and I were talking about this the other night. We love, we love wings. We love to eat wings. We're the only two people in our whole family that does. I think that I could be competitive in a, in a wing eating contest. I really do. Now – they would have to all be drumsticks because I'm terrible at getting all the meat off flats. But I think I think I could be competitive. Look out, Joey Chestnut. Here I come. Ranch over blue cheese, though. I know that's very controversial. Big story number two. Number two. All right, this one's all you, Josh Helmer. 
Uh, there's big breaking news this morning on the PGA Tour. You guys will be talking about it on the Gimme Zone this Saturday morning from 10 to noon before it enters its new time slot, which will be, what, very fluid during the football season? Yes, it's time slot. We think, uh, well, we're going to try to keep it 10 to noon when we can. And uh, we'll see if, you know, other weeks it just doesn't happen in, in addition to uh, our pregame gotcha. Oklahoma coverage. So we're thinking still 10 to noon for the most part, but there could be some shuffling around. Talk to me. The news in the golf world. The top players from the PGA Tour are committing to compete in at least 20 events starting next season, including 12 elevated tournaments that will have purses between 15 and $20 million. The top, the players' commitment comes on the heels of a players-only meeting, which was hosted by Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. Uh, McElroy said today, quote, we've all made a commitment to get together more often to make the product more compelling. I don't have a crystal ball, but I think everyone in that room felt this was the best way to move forward. PGA Tour also announced the addition of four elevated events. Um, let me see. What are those elevated events? Um, if they're eligible, the top players are committed to competing in four new elevated events along with the four majors. So the Players' Championship – Three FedEx Cup playoff events, the Genesis Invitational, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the Memorial, the Century, and the WGC. Your thoughts? Smart. Smart for the PGA Tour. I I like what Rory said here as well. When I tune into a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, I expect to see Tom Brady throw a football. Right? I mean, that's kind of it. When you tune into the PGA Tour you're hoping to watch Rory McIlroy. You're hoping to watch Justin Thomas, Finau, on and on and on. I, I, we don't have to list everybody, but that's that's the hope for the PGA Tour is to have its stars play more events and to obviously have those purses increase. So this is a nice development for the PGA Tour. We'll see if it's enough to fend off that live tour money and some of the attractive attractiveness there once we get through these FedEx Cup playoffs. I think we're probably going to see another name or two defect to the live tour so is this enough these increased enhanced purses to tell these guys convince them that hey the pga tour is where i I want to play exclusively big story number one number one number one number one honestly dude i just i don't have much more to add on the golf uh, um, I feel like once the live tour thing started and everyone had their outrage, I kind of I left it to you guys. I left it to the gimme zone. If I get to play golf, I'm happy, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> um, though it is a fascinating battle, right? You're going up against a bottomless pit of money, and you're counting on two stars that don't play in a lot of PGA Tour events to try to rally the troops. If Tiger plays in 20 PGA Tour events, Josh, they got a chance. I just don't think he's going to. Um, Brent Venables spoke with ESPNU Radio yesterday. We played a couple of cuts from it. Let me add one more here. You've heard a lot about Dylan Gabriel. Listen to Coach talk about the leadership that he has obviously added to this team. As you know, the the best leaders, and particularly at the quarterback position, if there's something, they are consistent. And he is the same guy every single day. And so that's, you know, foundationally, that's, um, that helps everybody. And, uh, but he's, he's one of the hardest workers on the team. 
He's got a positive, can-do, get-to mindset every day that's infectious, uh, ultra-competitive. I let you coach him. He's very tough and demanding on himself, but he's not a uh, a self-defeatist. Um, you know, he's not fatalistic. When things aren't going well, he's calm, and he knows how to get himself out of some tough spots from that standpoint. You know, he's got a lot of natural gifts as a quarterback, tremendous uh, you know, field presence, pocket presence. He throws uh, with great anticipation. Uh, he's a quick uh, thinker and makes quick, easy, decisive decisions. He can improvise, um, extend plays with his legs. He's got great field vision. He's never panicking. And uh, so he's got just um, great accuracy and, you know, the best quarterbacks um, that are out there you know, are, are really accurate. And that's, uh, you know, something that uh, Dylan isn't 6'3", you know, but he's got all these other amazing attributes. And so uh, couldn't be more proud of, you know, the work that he's put in, the leadership that he's exemplified, the, uh, you know, the opportunity for him to have this uh, terrific year is there. You know, we've got, again, a really good, strong, uh, line of scrimmage, and, and then uh, from tight ends to running backs to receivers, I, I love our group of guys. We've got great depth at all three of those positions. So those are going to help, you know, Dylan, you know, be a great player too. You know, he, he's got to be surrounded by, by by good players as well. So there's a great comfort, as you know, um, having played in, uh, you know, Jeff's system uh, and been, been together. Uh, so there's a real comfort that, it really was like riding a bike, you know, when we started things off in the spring. There you go. So there's Brent Venables. Uh, I just, you know what, him saying that, talking about Dylan Gabriel, it made me think of a point he brought up Saturday night at the Sooner Club dinner that I haven't talked about yet. We'll get to it next. There's your top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Gabe's coming on with us here in about 20 minutes from now. Gabe Eichel will join us right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I'm sorry. I'm now old enough to where I'm reading my texts aloud while I type them. That's how old I'm getting. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Absolutely. Yes, I did. Uh, welcome back into the Plank Show on the Ref. Okay. Um, I mentioned – let me pay off the tease real quick. We're going to try to get – they always get mad at me. They, they get mad at me um, – about the, um, oh, what am I trying to say? Talking about it's a shorter segment on Mad Dog. Oh, my God, a shorter segment coming up. It's like, oh, don't say that. I'm like, why not? They're I mean, going to tune out. You act like people. <laughs> They're going to tune out if they don't think you're talking for 20 minutes. Okay, well, a couple quick. Hey, guys, a couple short segments here for you. We'll keep it quick and tight. Brent Venables was talking in that cut we just played about Dylan Gabriel being a uh, – Dylan Gabriel being a smaller quarterback, and you know I think he used the term he's not fatalistic, but he talked about how smart he is in the pocket, and it got me thinking about Saturday night when we talked to Brent Venables. One thing he said about Dylan Gabriel, Josh, that stayed with me, he said, I'm talking to my defensive line, I'm talking to, to everyone on that front, and I'm, we're, we're, we're in practice, and somehow here's Dylan Gabriel who's maybe, what, what what's Dylan, maybe six foot? And we're not – we haven't batted down a pass. 
How is that possible? How is that possible to not have uh, the ability to bat down a pass? And we're trying to, and we're doing it, but I don't know. I, that, that might seem like a small thing to some people, but, Josh, I think it's a big deal. I think that's a big deal. Yeah, well, hopefully he's not getting a lot of passes batted down. It's it, it's kind of pick your poison. You'd love for Oklahoma defensively, that defensive line, to be getting their hands up and batting everything down. But also, not the worst thing, that Dylan Gabriel is right. able to, I, I don't know, be deceptive enough or his decision-making is swift enough that he's not getting passes batted down. Yeah, that's for somebody that is – not six foot five prototypical size, this or that. That's good news for Oklahoma. Big time. So it might seem like a minor thing to you, but when I saw that, I thought, and remember hearing that and then seeing that now, I think that's a pretty big deal. I really do. And this didn't make our top five stories of the day, Josh, but I guess I don't. I don't understand the constant disrespect for Patrick Mahomes this offseason. Early in camp, Randall Cobb asked you in front of your locker, said Mahomes <laughs> or Rogers, you said, I think Pat is incredibly good, but A-Rod is on a whole nother level. He's amazing how he controls the ball, how he put everybody in place. I've been with a lot of quarterbacks, and I've never seen them carry themselves like Aaron Rodgers. Um. Again, there's a part of me. This this goes back to the uh, Tom Brady when you have Derek Carr. Like, there's certain people that are kind of generational. But Josh, what I mean, what is Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins doing? Go enjoy your situation. And I'm saying this because I'm tired of them putting more chips on the shoulder of Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't need any more motivation. They already lost at the AFC Championship game the last. Uh, what, last season, I don't need any more motivation for Patrick Mahomes out there. What are they doing? Well, and obviously you're going to go to a new situation and talk up your new situation. Really, though, okay, I mean, is Aaron Rodgers this much better than Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes is this much better than Aaron Rodgers or both of these guys are that much better than Josh Allen? At times it's okay to say, wow, all three of these guys are amazing. I don't think there's a ton of difference between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Though I will say, generally speaking, save for that uh, overtime interception versus Cincinnati, typically Mahomes finds a way to elevate himself on the biggest stage, and at times that's not been the case for Rodgers. Yeah. I just – I stop. What are you people doing? Stop. It's like I'm all about building up Justin Herbert. Apparently, Justin Herbert is the greatest player to ever throw a football, Josh. No one has ever seen anything like Justin Herbert throwing a football. But Patrick Mahomes, I'm playing with two, and now he throws the most catchable ball ever. Um, I'm like, you moron, shut up. Stop it. What are you doing? We got a break. When we come back, uh, a few Air Comfort Solutions texts to catch up on. Gay Bikert coming up at 1140 right here on The Ref. You know what? Uh, you know what? Um, really, kind of signaled that it's time, Josh. Because last night I started working on the pregame show. I I broke out the old format, added a few new touches, and boom goes the dynamite. We are ready for kickoff. Oklahoma 
and UTEP. I I know we got time. I know we got uh, – can you imagine what next week's going to be like at this point? But inching towards it is incredible. Uh, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. A couple quick ones. We'll catch up on a break, and Gabe Eichard will take us home. Are you saying this 12-ounce beer can has six ounces of beer in it? That's why I quit going to the spring game. Is Gabriel great because he's not getting passes batted down? Or is the D-line not as good as we thought because they can't knock down a pass from a six-foot quarterback? That's what we're trying to figure out. We don't We don't know. Uh, yeah, I, it's kind of the question I was asking. I mean, I just it was kind of impressive to me knowing that they had worked at it and that they have some lengthy dudes. Uh, Reggie Grimes batted a few passes in his career that have been there, so. I mean, we're erring on the side of Dylan Gabriel's good and has a knack for not getting passes batted down, but fair criticism. We'll find out together. Guess what? Beginning uh, a week from this Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, From the 405. Research, we were talking about the massive number of people for uh, Florida. Research shows having over 150 people in an organization is a negative. Should cap it around 135 to 150. Yeah. Well, Well, it depends on how big your organization is, but... Okay. Right. Uh, Apple or this or that probably could beg to differ. But I, I hear what they're saying, and generally speaking, that's kind of where I was going with the deal, too, is at some point, you know, cooks in the kitchen. We, we hear that phrase, too many cooks in the kitchen. But, uh, you know, there's just too many, too many people involved, too, too many analysts, too many assistants. I mean, how many jobs could there really be? At some point, it's just get out of here. Get out of here and let me work. It's distracting. Um, this is a good one because I think this is a, a really unique way to put it, and we'll grab our break in Gabe's next. Could it be possible to show up to the SEC having changed the landscape of college football? Could the Alabama and Georgia be at a place of having to change based on what OU is doing? Well, here's, here's something interesting. Um, Georgia is doing what Alabama did. In fact, if you talk to anyone that's been uh, within those programs, you could basically take everything that is a G uh, a, with a Georgia logo on it, and it's the same thing that Alabama was doing with the Alabama logo on it. Kirby Smart brought that to Georgia. Oklahoma is doing what Georgia did, what Alabama did, and obviously a lot of what Clemson did. So we're not reinventing or recreating the wheel here. It's just with a bunch of people that were integral in helping to make those visions a reality, and now they're implementing it here at Norman. So when you say that, I mean, I understand. I get the point. But what would it be? Right? Because, well, maybe it's the sole mission. Okay, great. That's something off of what Clemson had. Sure. That was a player support group. I mean, what what would it be? that could it, How they play? Okay, that's that's – a lot of people have said the comparison for Brent Venables is Nick Saban. And if you believe that, then, all right, maybe you have something there. But this is a format that has worked in places in Athens, in Tuscaloosa, and in uh, Clemson, South Carolina. There's no reinventing the wheel, I don't think, Josh, on any angle. We say in the National Football League, it's a copycat league. Really, the game of football, in a lot of ways, is very much that. You do what the other great teams do because – guess what? There's a reason that the great teams are, or great programs in this instance, are operating in a certain fashion. And ultimately, it's about operating in a similar fashion. 
and getting the best players. And that's what Oklahoma appears to be well on its way to doing with the way that they are recruiting right now. There could be little tweaks, little innovations here and there, but generally speaking, I don't know that and this is no disrespect to Brent Venables, who I think is a tremendous coach and has been a tremendous coach, or any of the guys on this staff, Levy, Bates, you name it, right? Take take your pick. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they mm-hmm. are necessarily doing anything that has never been done in a game of football before. And that's not an insult. Yeah, not at all. Quick break. When we come back, Gabe Eichert, signed, sealed, delivered next right here on The Ref. All right. Let's talk some collective. Let's talk some OU football. We'll spend our final... Uh, 10 to 15 minutes of the show hanging out with one of my favorite dudes on the planet, Gabe Eichard, Oklahoma Breakdown, Strengthening Oklahoma, and the Sooner Radio Network. And, Ano, getting ready for a big game three in the WNBA tomorrow night. Oh, wait, is that tonight? It's tonight, Plank. It's tonight, man. I'm nervous. <laughs> well, I'm a little Let's nervous. Go, Gabe's yeah, in Dallas. The, the Dallas Wings. Dallas Wings, Game 3 against the Connecticut Sun tonight in the WNBA playoffs. A decisive Game 3. And uh, my wife and I will be making the trip to cheer the Wings on, man. So we'll we'll see how it goes. So uh, let's talk about strengthening Oklahoma. First and foremost, congratulations. It looks great from all of the returns I've heard. It's uh, It sounds great. Can you kind of take us through, Gabe, that process that you and Dusty went through and how it's gone so far with the collective? Yeah, ultimately, we uh, we just wanted to create opportunity uh, for these athletes uh, to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness, and you know, we kind of brainstormed the best way we thought to do that, and with Dusty's experience and my experience uh, in television and radio, we thought just doing some interviews with these players and allowing fans to feel like they know them better, allowing fans to submit questions for them, uh, for them to answer in these interviews was a good way, a simple way, a a manageable way of doing it. Because ultimately, and I think this is this is something that kind of separates us uh, from from some of the other things that are available out there. Like we we care about the kids, man. We care about the athletes. And we certainly care about the university that they play for. So we have we designed something we thought would fit well into their schedule, and to where fans felt like they were they were getting some exclusive content that they couldn't get anywhere else. And so far, it's gone it's gone really well, and it's been received very positively. And just talking to some of the guys, uh, they are. They're, they're really happy with how we're operating, which I think is important. And maybe the most important thing of all is what we're doing is not taking away from their preparation for football games. And I, I think everyone involved uh, knows how important that is and, and continues to have that as the main focus, right? This is, this is something – that we're doing to give them an opportunity to connect with fans, uh, to make some, some NIL money, but we, we still want them keeping the main thing, the main thing, and the main things are you know, working towards your degree and getting prepared to play really good football on Saturday. So, uh, so far, so good. And if you haven't been able to check, check it out, ladies and gentlemen, I highly recommend it, uh, Strengthening OK 
com. So if if you want to go and kind of peruse the website, uh, we'd really appreciate you guys subscribing. We got a couple different subscription tiers uh, that, that come with some different perks. But yeah, it's it's gone well, Plank, and I think I think the the athletes have enjoyed it. So that that makes it fun. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's been I've been really blessed to kind of have a unique perspective on this game and working with uh, you on Big Twelve Radio and hearing the process from film shoots to having guys fill out tax documents and things of that nature. It's really neat to see. And I think there's one key point before I get your take on a couple of uh, OU football camp things. It's really cool that you guys have done this, and, and this isn't a shot at anyone, the right way. It's the largest percentage of money that's brought in that's going back to the student-athletes, and it's been a process for you, right? You want them to go out and make all the money they can. You guys are going to look at potentially adding more football players, maybe even other sports. But for now, Gabe, it, it truly is. This isn't I'm going out there to try to make money for Dusty Now You guys are going out here trying to enrich the possibility of income for these student-athletes. Yeah, the way that we've put it is, and, and I want to make it clear, I am, I'm all for these athletes making as much NIL money as they can. Right, I, I encourage that, and that's why you know the guys that we have signed. There's no type of exclusivity agreement or anything like that. We say, hey, go do what you want. You just got to fulfill your obligations with us, and, and we're good. Basically, is the approach that we have taken. But the way that we've got to kind of put it is, you know, there there appears to be some people that don't have roots here in Oklahoma. Right, and that is one thing about what we're doing at Strengthening Oklahoma is everyone that has had a hand in it lives here, based here. Right. You know, cares about cares about this state, cares about this community, uh, care, cares about these athletes, and you know, some of the other stuff. It, it feels like people are, you know, they're trying to make money off these guys, and our our whole thing is like, we're we're really not in it to make money off them. We're we're trying to make them money. And right. we think there's a difference there. And I, I'll just say that Dusty and I are plenty busy already in the season, you know. <laughs> so adding this on top of everything, like it's it's not it's not something that we necessarily needed, but we felt I don't know if obligated is the right word, but we we just felt we needed to do our part. So uh, that is that's something that I think separates us and as long as you know as far as the the process of putting everything together and doing it the right way i i take a lot of pride in that because you know we we know all the people at oklahoma that you know, need that need to clear all this stuff right and that's right you know, there's still rules around nil and all this where you're you're not supposed to use you know the the university's marks without permission. You're, you're not supposed to use, you know, pictures of the stadium, pictures of players and jerseys, like all these things. And, and some of these other entities are doing that, and they're doing it without the university's permission, which creates a, a bad situation for the university uh, w- when it comes to the spot that it puts the athletes in. So, you know, we, we stayed away from all of that. I mean, you'll, you'll look at our stuff. Our logo's black and white for a reason, because I talk to the branding and licensing people at OU about it extensively. <laughs> our, we, we, we had a photo shoot done with all of our guys so that we weren't using any copywritten images from anyone. 
I, we own all our photos, all the stuff on our our website. Um, so we were we were very very cautious with all of that because the last thing Dusty and I wanted was to have this jeopardize or change our standing uh, with OU at all, right? We we wanted to do it the right way, so we've made it very very clear that. Strengthening Oklahoma in no way is associated with OU, and there's been such an emphasis on that for us because that's what the leadership at the university wants, and that is those are the rules, man. So we've just we've been very very careful to follow uh, follow that stuff uh, the way that we're supposed to follow it. I and I cannot and once again I'm not I'm not complaining or anything, but. There, there have been some others at a bunch of schools that have, have yeah. not taken that approach. Let's say there is a kind of the old, uh, the the early vapes, the early CBD stores, the early waterbed stores. Everyone's in, and then you realize, hold on here, this might not be the best deal. And I think you guys will see this uh, strengthening Oklahoma is absolutely incredible in the quality and the athletes. That's strengthening okay on. Completely forget the website, strengtheningok.com. All right, hey, Gabe, a couple more real quick ones before we let you get out of there. Now, on the Oklahoma Breakdown, you and Teddy start off every podcast talking about things you've seen in camp. I don't want to just pigeonhole it to the offensive line, but it feels like we're hearing really good things about Wanya Morris and Anton Harrison and how things are going at that tackle spot and a couple of youngsters making some noise. Yeah, and I, I think I know that they feel good about the offensive line. Heading into the season, uh, they they feel they feel the unit's going to be much improved compared to last year. The question for me is, can it become an elite group? Right? Can they be better than good? Because I they're going to be good, right? You've got you've got some more experience. I think not only the transformation of their bodies, but their attitude changes. When you're talking about Juan and Morris and Anton Harrison, they they've been. I mean, they've been completely different guys since Jerry Schmidt came back and since Brent Venables took over. Like, just completely different guys from a mentality perspective. And, and we'll see what that turns into when it comes to performance on Saturday. But I feel, I feel like it's gonna. You're going to see a a difference. You're going to see a noticeable change. One name that keeps popping up, man, is Tyler Guyton. I mean, you you talk to Venables. Mm-hmm. About the offensive line, that Tyler Guyton's name comes up each and every time, and sometimes it's the first name out of his mouth. So, I I think that Tyler Guyton has the highest ceiling of anyone in that offensive line room with the physical tools that he's got. The one thing is he just hasn't played a ton of O line, man. He just he has not played it a right. ton. And he's still developing the skill set and the knowledge that comes with playing that position. There's no one better to teach him all that stuff than Bill Beatonbow, but it takes time and, and for your confidence to grow, to establish some more consistency with the techniques and everything that comes with playing left tackle. But he, I think down the line, he's going to be an absolute dude. Uh, the interior, I think Rain's going to be much improved. I think he's got, he's got a much better attitude, a uh, much better mentality heading into this season. I think he feels a lot more comfortable the battle at guard is going to be interesting. 
right? I think McCade Matar is going to he's going to be your left guard. Chris Murray probably going to be your right guard, although banged up a little bit in camp. But Robert Conjol still a a very serviceable backup. And then Davion Bird, man, I, I've been saying it for a while. Kick that dude inside. Let him add some weight. Let him maul people. And if he continues to take care of his stuff off the field the way that he needs to, and he continues to add some weight because uh, he's pretty light right now, but that guy is, I mean, he, he's got a mean streak, man. And he can he can be a tone setting guard for Oklahoma. I I don't I don't think you know, you're gonna see him play a lot of snaps this year. I, I believe that. But I think in the future, if he can develop the way he needs to develop, he's a you know, all big twelve, first team all big twelve type guy, possible all American type guy at guard, if he can put it all together and have the correct mentality. So I'm excited about the potential of the offensive line, but you know it is. It's kind of gotten to the point where it's like, all right, guys. You know, I I believe the hype. I'm all for it. I'm bought in, but I want to see it on field. I want to see it on the field. I want to see you guys just dominate UTEP here next weekend. So I'm excited about that group. I think the coaching staff is as well. Just you, you got to see them put it all together on Saturdays because. Playing together during a game with the anxiety, the stress um, that comes with playing in a game, it's it's way different than playing in practice. So I am I'm very optimistic, yeah. but a little you know cautiously optimistic. Mike. It's gonna be fun, Gabe. I can't wait to hang out with you this afternoon on Big Twelve Radio. You guys keep crushing uh, crushing it over strengthening. Okay, and of course the Oklahoma Breakdown Premier Man with you and Teddy. Uh, talk to you this afternoon, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, and for the Oklahoma Breakdown listeners, we, we've got D.D. Westbrook coming up, not this episode, but next. So we, we're, we're continuing to get nice. a bunch of, bunch of OU guys that people love. Love it. Talk to you this afternoon. That's Gabe Eichert hanging out with us here on The Ref. we got to go. Uh, Josh and I will be back tomorrow. I'll be live from campus. Uh, Steel Man oh, and Thune at noon. Coming up next for Josh on Plank. Thanks to Cavens for letting us hang out on the ref.